this world that we live in is temporary. It's our temporary home, but our real home is in heaven. And that means we are strangers here, we're foreigners here, and while we are still abiding by the laws of this land, we also have to operate by God's rules, God's laws, God's word. And so when God tells us, this is how you love, let's focus on how God says to love rather than taking a earthly civil format and trying to apply it to a spiritual marital relationship. Yes. Welcome to the Developing Great Relationships podcast, where we are having conversations to help you understand God's design for great relationships and how to develop the habits needed to achieve it. Now here is your host, Joshua Verwers. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Developing Great Relationships podcast. My name is Joshua Verwers, and I'm so happy that you're able to join us here today. On today's episode, Dr. Mark Majors and I are jumping into some powerful scripture that tells us how we are to have a great relationship. That all starts right now. The justice principle versus service principle. Mm. Yeah, we're... We're talking about those two. It's really the difference between worldly intimacy and biblical intimacy. It starts to tap into that, doesn't it? Yeah. The justice principle talks about right and wrong and uh, Jesus. Um, I have to have my due. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it is right, man. Uh, um, you're not treated me the way I want. Uh, I demand justice. Uh, you know, um, I'll keep knocking on the door till I get it. I, I demand justice. Well, it's truth, justice is the American way, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think that's what they meant. <laughs> Not so much, no. Yeah. The justice principle, you know, in marriage is, um, uh, I will love you to the extent you love me. Uh, equity. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's part of the justice principle. There's got to be some kind of balancing of our love. Um, it's only fair. It's only right. just. Uh, you know, the, the thing I use in the seminars is uh, little kids with popsicles. You have a six and seven year old boy and it's hot and sweaty out and they come up and you're going to bless them with a cold popsicle. Absolutely. And you pull one out and you pull the paper down, but you leave the paper on because you're deluded in thinking that the paper will keep them from getting all sticky. Right. Yeah, and you pull the paper down on the other one and give it to the other child. The paper's not pulled down the same. Right. And so visually, one popsicle is bigger than the other. Yeah. And one child looks at their popsicle that appears shorter than the other and says, that's not fair. Oh, yeah. That's the justice principle. Yeah. The, the keeping a record of wrongs, the measurement of the amount of love, and the well, tit, tit for tat. Eye for an eye, we can go old school biblical system. Uh, uh, eye well, for an good, eye. <laughs> good for the goose is good for the gander, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Our culture has had so many ways of pronouncing that as a necessity mm-hmm. for healthy life, and it is not at all. No. The justice principle is worldly and upside down. It wants uh, a balancing act of love and um, a balancing act of wrongs and somehow there must be some equity between us because of our behaviors, thoughts, and actions. Right. Yeah. 
Well, this the, goes into the concept of marriage is a 50-50 partnership. Because, I mean, marriage is whole. It's 100. So that has to be balanced. It has to be. I mean, justice says, I'm only going to give you as much love as you give me. Because if I give you more love, well... It's not balance. Well, delusion is such an interesting concept. (laughs) (laughs) This this is true because where is, I mean, I've, I I like to consider myself a little bit of a Bible scholar as in a studier of the Bible. I'm not sure I found that, that book chapter verse that says marriage is 50, 50. Yeah. Um, It's not there. No, it's 100, 100. Yeah. Yeah. It gets into the service principle that each person in the marriage is laying their life down, setting themselves aside to serve the other. If I'm attempting to serve my spouse with all my heart to love, according to 1 Corinthians 13, um, she should be happy. Yeah. She should get all of her needs met because I'm focused on that. It's not a demand I have to do. It's what I want and Christ Jesus to do. And I know that my spouse does that for me. Right. And so both of us, I would like to think, are really quite happy. Yeah. Joyful. Uh, We're filled with exuberance and and peace and love for others. Our tank is always full, so we can reach out to others. Right. We can love them and care about them and care for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think about this from a, the 50-50, the 100-100, from a mathematical perspective, 50-50 makes sense because you really can't have more than 100. It's, oh, I gave 110%. You really couldn't. Yeah, well, if each are half-hearted. <laughs> right. <laughs> But from the biblical perspective of this, even using mathematical equation, you've got one man, one woman for one marriage. And for a marriage to be operating at 100%, it requires a 100% husband and a 100% wife to make that 100%. Because otherwise, we've got half-heartedness. We've got a... I'm going to give 50 of this. Well, you're only doing at best half of what you're called to do. Well, it goes right back into the equity principle, um, the principle of justice. Uh, The 50-50 is about, you know, I will only put in this much, and I expect you to put in that much too. Right. Or else you're cheating me. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing more than you. That's not fair. Right. You know, I got the short popsicle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, child, and childish. We feel cheated because now we have become the center of everything. It comes yeah, back to being right. the, the selfishness. My self-worth is established by really guaranteeing that I get what I deserve. Mm-hmm. So if I love this much, I must get this much love. If I don't, then I am being cheated and I'm somehow being devalued. Right. Yeah. A God gets what they want. Mm. A God gets what they want. So 
Justice and equity are really, really important concepts when it comes to civil law. Yes. But what does that have to do with a marriage? That has to do with divorce. Uh, well, yes, because I guess divorce is 50-50. It says, I reject you, but I want half of what you got. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That's only fair. That's terrible. Think about that. That's horrible. Yeah. Um, the, the, the whole thing about the, the justice principle, and it's often referred to as the equity principle as well. It's making sure that things are equal, making sure that things are balanced, that it is just based on these, these type of scales. That stuff has layers upon layers upon layers of conditions to it. Yes. It is conditional love in a marriage. Yes. And that doesn't work. Yeah, it, it's like 1 Corinthians 13 saying each one of those seven do's and nine don'ts, if you will do this, then I will do this one. And if you do this, I will do this one. If you do this, I will do... It's ignoring the living God, thumbing your nose at him, saying, I'm not going to obey you until I get what I want. After all, I'm the God here. Right. Yeah. Exalting ourselves above the throne in heaven. Yeah. Well, and then the other part of it is the aspect of us somehow thinking that we can actually rightly judge in that moment. When we become applying conditional love, which is being disobedient towards God, we seem to think that we can be a just judge. Because oh, well, I know what patience looks like. And your patience, you may have done, been practicing patience more times, but you weren't as effective as I was. And my patience is the measurement for patience. Are you saying you're a better God than me? <laughs> That's what, what it comes down to. It, it comes down to this. And that justice principle, the equity principle, the conditional format to that runs contrary to the model that Jesus gave us. Jesus got up, took off his outer garments, wrapped a towel around his waist, and began washing the feet of his disciples. Back in those days, washing the feet was the lowest of the lowest servant job. Feet, yeah. which walked around in dirt, dust, camel dung, and everything else, needed to be washed. And so... We're told to set ourselves aside completely right. and not think of ourselves, but think of the other person as more important than ourselves. That service principle is not a principle that has qualifications. It is not conditional love. It is unconditional. I will serve you. Yeah. I will love you. I will care for you. Well, and that's Jesus' own words. He says that the Son of Man didn't come to be served but to serve. That, that's what he came for. He came to serve us. He came to show us a better way. He came to set things right. And the crazy part is we think what is right is based on equity and ju the justice principle. It's that balancing. But yet Jesus' model was the opposite, and that was the right thing. We don't have in and of ourselves the ability to measure what is right and what is wrong. The true measurement of that is God's word. And what does he say is right and wrong? Yeah. 
what happens is, is our flesh, our lust of the eyes, our pride of life gets in the way. And so it enters into that justice and equity principle. And we demand to feel certain things. Mm-hmm. Well, the service principle doesn't have great accolades and stuff, but it has the reward of doing what you're told to do, and the satisfaction of being obedient. And that is minimized in our culture. Right. Um, I don't think I've ever had somebody come up to me and says, hey, Dr. Mark, I was obedient today. <laughs> right. You know, why don't we celebrate that? You know, I had a tough day and I chose to just obey Christ. Good for you, brother. Yeah. Good for you. That's hard to do. Man, right. That's hard to do. Yeah, and and, that, and I guess it's it's an interesting thing. I've had those moments with my kids where they will notice a situation that they were in. And they could have made this decision, but they understand God said I should do this. And they do that. Uh, I remember an instance with uh, with my daughter, my oldest, where she was spending the night at a great-grandma's house. And great-grandma had asked her, said, would you like to go to Burger King where we can have lunch and you can play in the play gym? Or do you want to go to the nursing home and we can go visit some people there. What kid decides to go to the nursing home? Well, my oldest did. She, she knew that in that moment, it wasn't supposed to be about her. She had enough already, but she knew that there were couples from, or people from our church that were in the nursing home and they could use you know, a friendly face, a smile, somebody to visit them, to care for them, to love on them. Love and them. she set herself aside to do that. That was one of those moments that we celebrate that. I, obviously, I'm still talking about that. It was a huge example for me, but to what you said, we don't celebrate those things. It's like we catch everybody doing bad, but we don't catch them doing good. We don't catch them obeying, and we really should. Mm-hmm. That, yes. that sacrificial love that, that Jesus did doesn't, like we talked about in um, the first Corinthians, the record keeping, justice has to keep records. Equity has to keep records. Service doesn't. Service is about meeting a need. There's a need. I need to, I need to do that. I need to go serve that. That person's obviously more important than me. I will take care of them. Yeah. They don't need to take care of me. Yeah. It's the whole laying of the life down that Jesus gave us the example that in several of these episodes we've done, we've talked about that. We've talked about how, you know, we don't want to keep that records that because love doesn't do it. We've talked about this with the intimacy exercise, you know, the, it's just a simple ouch and oops. Don't try to put qualifiers or, or conditions to this. Don't, don't beat them up. You need to put the other first, especially in a marriage. You've got to do that. Yeah. It, it's, it's that model. When I think about that, I go back to Ephesians 5, which we talked about. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember Jesus saying, hey, I'm going to love you as soon as you get your act together. That's 
Uh, I'm going to love you as soon as you start jumping through my hoops. Measure up and I'll love you. The disciples expected that. I mean, I think they expected that. They really were because you talked about Jesus and washing of the feet. And the disciples like, Master, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. We should be washing your feet. And later on, we'll be talking about the different persona that people develop, all because of conditional love, all because of trying to be comfortable and be somebody to get that love from others. And that's a very, very powerful pull on a life. Without that unconditional love from a parent, we get it from our Father in Heaven. But sometimes not from Mom and Dad. They spend a lifetime looking for that love. Yeah, yeah, man. So good. I love this conversation about the justice principle, about the equity principle. And I think part of it is especially being an American and being in this culture and society where we see that uh, symbolized in, in so many different ways. I think it's important for us as Christians to remember that this world that we live in is temporary. Mm-hmm. It's our temporary home, but our real home is in heaven. And that means we are strangers here, we're foreigners here, and while we are still abiding by the laws of this land, we also have to operate by God's rules, yeah. God's laws, yeah. God's word. And so when God tells us, this is how you love, let's focus on how God says to love rather than taking a... Yes earthly civil format and trying to apply it to a spiritual marital relationship. Yes. Ah, this was a good one. I appreciate this one. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for, for diving in on this justice and service principle. And I don't know, we'll have some more goodies in the next episode. Yes. Now, this is a great conversation that we're having about our communication styles, and it's actually a part of one of the seminars that we offer here at Developing Great Relationships that we call Developing Great Communication. If it's something that you'd be interested in attending, we want to encourage you to head over to our website at dgrpella.org to find out more information. Now, we'll be back with another episode and exciting information to really help you develop a great relationship next week.